Hey, good afternoon. I just almost uh, did a face plant there coming down the steps, so that wouldn't have been fun. But I uh, appreciate you being out tonight. Uh, looks like uh, we're a little light this evening. Uh, I'm sure there's still a lot of sickness going around, and we continue to want to pray for uh, everyone uh, to return back healthy. Uh, but, oh, yes. Uh, okay, so Eddie is passing around. Uh, lessons 1 through 13, uh, the printed copy uh, of the Life of Christ uh, series. And so this is, uh, would be a good uh, for you to, you know, to have uh, with you uh, each uh, class. Again, we're doing this on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings. And uh, you might want to prepare ahead for class to, to you know, know what the reading is going to be if you'd like to do that. Uh, again, this is, a, this is going to take us a little over a year to complete uh, the, the life of Christ. And uh, uh, so uh, we're going to have to you know, print these out periodically. And I think one less important. We are on lesson six tonight. So um, you'll be able to find in there lesson six is talking about the, the birth of Jesus and uh, John the Baptist. And so, again, we're, we're very early on into the life of Jesus. Again, lesson six is where we'll be tonight. Let's just sort of review what, what we talked about Sunday morning in lesson five. Uh, we, we looked at the uh, birth announcements of, uh, of John the Baptist and uh, Jesus. And so we were in uh, Luke chapter one mainly, and we talked about the, the angel uh, Gabriel, uh, who came and visited uh, a man by the name of Zacharias. Now, if you recall, Zacharias and Elizabeth were are going to be the parents of John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Christ. And we we discussed how you know Zacharias just happened to be at the right place at the right time. It was his it was his uh, family's turn to serve in the temple. Uh, we saw in Luke chapter 1, and he specifically was chosen to offer the incense uh, on the altar of incense, uh, which got him pretty close, or as close as possible that he could have been to, you know, the Holy of Holies within the temple uh, complex, the Holy of Holies, which represented, uh, you know, where God was, where the high priest went once a year to offer the atonement for the sins of the people. And so Zacharias was there. Uh, the angel Gabriel again comes and speaks to uh, Zacharias, tells him that, there's, that he and his wife are going to have a child in their old age. Uh, Zacharias uh, doesn't quite believe him. And what was the result of that? What did the angel do to Zacharias? Uh, he, he made him... A mute, uh, unable to speak for a, a pretty long uh, period of time, uh, for for doubting his uh, words, and and we even you know mentioned that Zacharias and Elizabeth in Luke chapter one verse uh, six tells us that they were both righteous in the sight of God and they walked blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord, and you know and we made that point that even the the the, the righteous, even those who are following the commands of God. You know, they, they struggle from time to time. They struggle from time to time. And uh, again, Zacharias, because of his doubt, because of his unbelief, uh, was struck mute uh, until 
uh, the time when, of course, uh, everything was going to be fulfilled, which the angel spoke to him about. And then we switched gears. Then Gabriel, uh, the angel Gabriel, again, uh, two angels within Scripture, are, uh, we know their names, Gabriel and Michael. And Gabriel is the focus of uh, Luke chapter 1. Gabriel now visits Mary. Mary, who will be the mother of Jesus. And again, she asks a similar question in Luke chapter 1, verse 34. She says, how can this be? Uh, since I am a virgin, uh, how am I going to uh, you know, have the, the child uh, that, will want, uh, that will become the Savior? Uh, but again, you know, she uh, did not do this in such a, a doubting fashion as Zacharias did. And so Mary uh, is told uh, what's going to happen to her. She travels to visit Elizabeth, uh, her relative. Uh, some translations say cousins, her cousin. So Elizabeth and Mary. And, you know, that's quite a family reunion, right? As soon as, uh, you know, Mary comes uh, within distance of Elizabeth and, um, and she hears the voice of Mary, I remember a little, uh, you know, John the Baptist who was inside uh, the womb of Elizabeth. She said that, you know, her stomach was, or that John was, you know, uh, making a commotion, right? And so uh, John, of course, again, is going to be the forerunner of Jesus. And, you know, we also kind of talked about, you know, why God chose Mary uh, to uh, bear the Christ child. Uh, yeah, we, we saw some characteristics about her that she was a godly woman. You know, she knew her Old Testament. Uh, we see her quoting some scripture. Uh, we see that she was submissive to God's will. She did exactly, you know, what, what the, the angel told her to do. And, you know, let's think about this. We didn't quite get to this point uh, on Sunday morning. But what about Joseph, right? Uh, do we read much about Joseph throughout the New Testament? Not really, do we? Uh, we? We don't see any part of him uh, at the cross. Uh, and really, uh, through much of uh, the New Testament, uh, when uh, you know, Jesus' mother and brothers come and show up from time to time, uh, there's no mention of Joseph, really, for the most part in the New Testament. Some scholars believe that he might have uh, died early on in Jesus' life. Uh, so again, there is another aspect to Mary, this godly woman that... You know, maybe she had to take on a lot of responsibility, you know, raising these children, if that was the case. Okay, so, that, so that's what, again, was a review of Lesson 5 that we looked at uh, on Sunday morning. Tonight, we are again in Lesson 6, uh, speaking about the, the actual birth of John the Baptist and the birth of uh, Jesus. You know, I know we have some babies here with us uh, tonight, right? And, uh, uh, you know... We, we know that uh, there are, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a natural thing, right? Babies are born all of the time. Um, this was true one morning in 1809 when uh, residents of Elizabethtown, Kentucky, uh, discussed the, the local frontier news. Uh, one person mentioned that a, a child had been born in a, at Tom Lincoln's farmhouse. You know, nothing insignificant about it, but... Uh, there was a, a baby born there, and of course, that would be Abraham Lincoln, right? Abraham Lincoln, who is going to do, you know, really more than any other man, uh, keep America, you know, one nation, 
indivisible under God. But at that time, when, when that child was born, you know, the, the, uh, when Abraham Lincoln was born, you know, do, do we think that uh, his parents uh, imagined such greatness was going to happen uh, to, to their child? No, no. But uh, here we are. Uh, the birth of these two uh, young uh, children that we have recorded for us in Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1. And let's start with the birth of John the Baptist. Now, uh, John the Baptist, you know, his, his birth is actually uh, prophesied as well in the Old Testament. The last book of the Old Testament, the, the, the prophet Malachi, uh, he is going to prophesy... Uh, about the, John the Baptist uh, in chapter 3, verse 1 in particular, uh, Malachi writes this. He says, Behold, I'm going to send my messenger. Uh, of course, this is God speaking through Malachi. Again, he says, Behold, I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Uh, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. You know, that is a prophecy that's going to be fulfilled in the New Testament, again, attributed to John the Baptist. Malachi chapter 4, uh, verses 5 and 6, the last verses of the Old Testament. Again, Malachi writes this, Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. Again, Verses that the New Testament writers are going to attribute to John the Baptist. He is Elijah who is to uh, come. So let's turn to uh, Luke chapter 1, where we left off uh, Sunday morning, uh, starting in verse 57. And let's uh, read this uh, account, verses 57 through 66. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy towards her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows, his name is John. And they were all astonished. And at once his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he began to speak in praise of God. Fear came on all those living around them and all these matters were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. All who heard them kept them in mind saying, what then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly with him. Okay, so we see, you know, there's some pretty significant events going on here uh, in these passages. The, the friends, the neighbors, the family, uh, they are coming uh, to uh, view the child that was born. Remember, we, we talked about this uh, shortly, but if we backed up one verse in the verse 56, it tells us that, you know, Mary stayed for about three months and then returned home. She got to uh, Elizabeth 
uh, place to Elizabeth's home when uh, Elizabeth was around six months. And it tells us Mary stayed there for three months. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us uh, if Mary was there for the birth of John, uh, but quite possibly that could be the case, right? Why, uh, you know, she was there in that time frame, and it would make sense that she would have stayed there uh, for the great uh, thing, for that great birth to happen. Uh, but again, the Bible doesn't tell us specifically uh, that she was there for the birth. But uh, so the family, the friends, they all arrive. You know, they're waiting until the eighth day to circumcise uh, the child. Um, Genesis chapter 21, verse 4 tells us, you know, back when uh, this was um, implemented, when God implemented circumcision for the children of Israel, well, they wouldn't have been the children of Israel at that point, but for God's chosen people, you know, it was going to be a sign of the covenant before them. Uh, Abraham was the one who uh, did the circumcision of Isaac. And so... uh, you know, traditionally, it was a thing where the you know the head of the household uh, performed that uh, that surgery. It wasn't like they would brought him into a doctor or anything like that. You know, the father, or again, the head of the household would have taken care of that. You know, that's something I probably would not want to you know be a part of. But you know, in that culture, that that's what they did. And so, along with the circumcision of of John the Baptist, which again was a Jewish. Uh, tradition, a Jewish uh, sign of the covenant between them and God, uh, was also giving of the name, right? You know, a lot of times we have, you know, names picked out for our children well in advance, right? Uh, but, and, you know, sometimes we'll even tell people uh, the name well in advance uh, of the birth. But, um, again, in this culture, uh, it, was, it was fairly um, Regular for a name not to be announced until, you know, seven, eight, nine days after the birth of the child. And so uh, the, the people around are assuming that the child's going to be named Zacharias, right, after his father. Uh, but uh, Elizabeth speaks up and she says, no, right, his name is going to be John. Now, John uh, was not a family name. So, of course, this surprised uh, the people uh, why are you going to name your child John? No one within uh, your family line's uh, you know, name is John. But of course, who told uh, Zacharias to name the child John? The angel, right? Gabriel was the one who gave them that command. And so uh, they, you know, they, they get Zacharias' um, opinion on the matter. You know, what do you want the child's name? And so he asked for something to write with. Uh, because, of course, he could not speak, and he said the child's name is going to be uh, John. Now, after uh, this, of course, happens, after you know, he confirms the name of the child, he is able to speak again. You know, again, how long did Gabriel say that, that, uh, that Zacharias was going to be mute? It was going to be until all of the things that he told him uh, back in the temple took place. So, again, we're talking, you know, quite a while. I think we, we mentioned uh, last time, you know, uh, multiple, multiple weeks, you know, 40 or so weeks. Uh, so, again, uh, he was going to be uh, mute for a long, long time. So, after this, uh, in verses 67 through uh, 80... 
Zacharias now has the ability to speak, and he's filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesies in verse uh, 68 and, and says this before the people. He says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David his servant. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy towards our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his way, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. You know, this is sort of similar to uh, what, what Mary did uh, in previous verses in verses 46 through 55. She again uh, full of the Holy Spirit, uh, spoke, uh, prophesied uh, these words. And so Zacharias is now doing a similar thing here. And notice at the beginning of his, uh, his, uh, his prophecy, his, his words, uh, you know, he just had a child, right? But uh, his focus is not on uh, John the Baptist at first. It's on Jesus, right? It's on the Messiah. Again, verses 74 and 75. Uh, he is to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Right? Uh, it, there's going to be a spiritual, uh, moral renewal in the land uh, that he is speaking of. Now he does, in verses 76 through 79, he does uh, speak of his son, John. And again, uh, he is directing that to uh, the book of Malachi. Again, uh, giving us uh, that these scriptures were being fulfilled uh, through his son. And then notice verse 80 as we close out Luke chapter 1. It says, And the child continued to grow and to become strong in spirit. And he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Right, so John the Baptist, we're told, strong in spirit. Not, not the Holy Spirit, but you know, hope your translation should have a, a small letter S on the word spirit because he's talking in reference to his spirit, you know, the, his character. He, he is growing and becoming strong in spirit. Uh, he's going to live in the wilderness, we're told, or maybe your translation again says uh, deserts. And we're not talking about you know, the Sahara Desert. Right? When we think of desert, we think of sand and, and, and heat and that, but uh, it's more of a, a deserted place. I, have, I put the map back up on the board that we looked at a couple of classes ago, just because I know we're going to be talking a, lot, a little bit about different uh, places again. But John is going to live down in this area right here. Uh, this is the wilderness this is the desert places, you know, somewhere near the, the Dead Sea. That's where he's going to grow up. Uh, again, it's remote. It's isolated. And uh, 
Do we remember uh, from other texts, from the other gospel accounts about John the Baptist? Uh, do you remember what it described as, uh, you know, the clothes he wore? Yeah, the, uh, Mark's account tells us that, you know, the clothes he wore were was camel's hair and a leather belt. Now, what do you think about camel's hair? Has anyone ever, you know, I guess, petted a camel or been up close to a camel? The, is that the kind of you know, hair that you would want to build or have a, you know, clothing manufactured by? Or does that feel sort of coarse? Or do you think that's something that's more like coarse? And... Yeah, it would be rough, right. And that's exactly who this man uh, is, John the Baptist. He, I mean, he is uh, a mountain man, right? He is uh, living in the wilderness. He's wearing camel's hair. Uh, the Bible tells us that his diet was locust and wild honey. Right? Uh, that's what he ate uh, in the wilderness, locusts and wild honey. And um, again, we, we get that reflection uh, of Elijah. Right? He's coming in the spirit of Elijah. And that's exactly how Elijah was described as well. 2 Kings chapter 1 verse 8 tells us, that he was a hairy man with a leather girdle bound about his loins. And he said, uh, is it Elijah the Tishbite? Right? Elijah was uh, of you know, sort of this, the same stock as John the Baptist. And so uh, John, again, Luke chapter 1 verse 80 tells us that he is going to be uh, in this isolated, d- deserted area uh, until you know, it's his time to come and to prepare the way for the Christ. You know, I, I forgot to mention that even uh, Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, when he's speaking about John the Baptist, uh, you remember he said something to the effect of, you know, did you come out into the wilderness to, uh, you know, to meet somebody who wears soft clothing? Uh, again, uh, someone of royalty. Uh, he says those are for kings, right? This John the Baptist, uh, he is, uh, again, you know, a man who is uh, rough. He's living in rough conditions. And again, we believe that that area that he was growing up was somewhere right here uh, down in the desert, deserted areas of uh, the Dead Sea in, in, in Judea, Judea, right? Michael, where was he born? Well, if we, yeah, uh, if we go back to Luke chapter 1, and if I can find the verse... I mean, we do know that, just a 360, uh, of course, remember, Jesus, is, Jesus and his family are up here living in Nazareth. And Elizabeth, or excuse me, Mary, when she travels to, um, to be with Elizabeth, uh, she's coming down here to Judea. And so it's in that region where... Yeah, I think it, it just said uh, Judah, um, which is just another uh, form of uh, Judea. Uh, trying to find that verse. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we said, you know, somewhere 70, 80 or close to 100 miles. Yeah, so um, she came quite, a, you know, a bit of ways. Um, and, uh, of course, then she returned that way uh, three months uh, 
uh, when she was pregnant. And then we're going to see here in a little bit that they're going to travel back down uh, again uh, to uh, Bethlehem. So let's focus our attentions from John to Jesus now. Uh, Again, the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says this, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And Isaiah is prophesying, uh, speaking of the Messiah. And of course, remember, who are the Jews looking for? Uh, as far as a Messiah. Yes, they are looking for an earthly king. Uh, they are looking, as that passage you know, sort of reflects, uh, the government will rest on his shoulders. Right? They're waiting for uh, someone who's going to come and get them out of you know, Roman bondage, establish the Jewish nation once again. That's what they're looking for. But yet, that's not the way God's going to do it, is he? God is going to give them a baby in a manger, in a feeding trough. Again, that's, uh, this is not man's way, but it's God's way. So let's move from Luke chapter 1 to uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And let's notice uh, these verses uh, in reference to uh, the birth of Jesus. This is actually the announcement that Joseph is going to get. Uh, again, uh, Sunday we talked about the, the announcement that Mary received, but now we're going to see the announcement that Joseph received. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. So we have a lot of things going on here as well, just like with the birth of uh, John the Baptist. Uh, Remember, Zacharias and uh, Mary, they both had a personal appearance by the angel Gabriel, who came and told them of these things. Uh, In Joseph's account, first of all, how was this communicated to Joseph? was by a dream, right? It wasn't as if an angel was physically standing in front of them, uh, as Luke tells us happened to Zacharias and and Mary, but uh, an angel of the Lord, we're told, uh, discusses or gives these visions, these dreams to Joseph as he's asleep. He's communicating with him through uh, dreams. And again, uh, was this Gabriel, the angel? 
We don't know, right? The scripture doesn't specifically tell us uh, if this was Gabriel uh, who had a part in this, just like with uh, Elizabeth and Zacharias. But an angel of the Lord comes to uh, Joseph while he is uh, in while he is dreaming, and tells him uh, that that Mary, the, the woman who he is betrothed to, is going to be found with child. Uh, but that child is of the of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we're told there in verse 19 that Joseph, uh, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away uh, secretly. You know, we, we talked about this a little bit a Sunday morning about a, a betrothal. Right? Uh, we don't use that term uh, today. Uh, uh, is something that the, the Jewish nation would practice, really, uh, you know, special to them. But it's sort of like what we uh, do as far as, you know, we have engagements, right? If two people are going to get married, they, they may get engaged for a period of time. Uh, but the engagement period in our culture, you know, is not legally binding, right? If the two of them want to, you know, break off the engagement, you know, you, you basically give the ring back, right? Or, or you, you, you separate, uh, you separate ties. You, you don't go through uh, with uh, the wedding ceremony. But now in this culture, when you are betrothed to someone, there is sort of a legal, uh, legally binding uh, you know, contract, if you will, to the, this engagement. And so if the two parties decided to uh, not want to go through with it, uh, maybe because of um, because uh, you know one party was unfaithful to the other, like Joseph might believe here. You know there would be some sort of a legal proceeding, uh, a certificate of divorce uh, that Moses referenced in Deuteronomy uh, to be given uh, to uh, the other. Right? It's it's. There is legality. That's the point I want to make in a betrothal period. There is legality uh, to it. And so we have here Joseph, again, uh, being a righteous man. Uh, he doesn't want to disgrace her. And so he, he plans to send her away uh, secretly. You know, Joseph had, could have done you know, at least three things here. He could have ignored uh, the issue. Uh, he could have... He could have had her uh, executed. Uh, the Old Testament uh, talks about uh, this. But of course, Joseph, again, a righteous man. Uh, he also, we see he's a compassionate man. And uh, also the third issue, or the third thing he could have done, uh, he could have ignored it. He could have had her stoned for this. Or he could have, again, uh, broken off the engagement uh, as we had just talked about. But again, God sends... Uh, the angel in the dream and explains the situation, explains to Joseph that this child is, uh, is going to be the Christ, that this is a special circumstance, uh, that this is prophecy being fulfilled. Uh, you're going to you know, name the child Jesus. And so uh, what we're told is at the very end that Joseph awoke from his sleep in verse 24 and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. Right? And he kept her as a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And, of course, they called his name Jesus. You know, think of, think of Joseph's situation right here. He probably has a lot of 
mixed feelings going on, right? Um, you know, he's probably pretty proud that his uh, wife, um, that he, found, he finds out was faithful to him the whole time. You know, he's probably proud to find out that he's going to be the father of the Messiah. But do you think there is going to be some stigma by the, you know, the people uh, of their relationship that they're going to have to deal with? Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, again, um, you know, Joseph and Mary, they know the truth and um, they're going to live with it. They're going to deal with it. They're going to obey, uh, again, the, the commands of God and, uh, you know, the, the, again, commended for that. I know that was, that was the first bell. And uh, we've got one more section that we want to cover. We're going to jump back into the book of Luke as we uh, study this, uh, these accounts Chronologically, So we want to jump back into the book of Luke, starting in Luke chapter 2, uh, speaking about the birth of Jesus. Now again, prophesied in the Old Testament. We could go back to another Old Testament prophet by the name of Micah. And if we read Micah chapter 5, verse 2, the prophet there says, But as for you, Bethlehem, Epaphrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from the day of eternity. You know, this is amazing, amazing prophecy. You know, we don't have time to jump into it uh, at this point. But, you know, there are at this time uh, at least two places uh, called Bethlehem. And if you notice in in the reading that I just said, uh, Micah specifically says Bethlehem Epaphrathah is where, you know, the Christ is going to be born. Right here, this would be Bethlehem Epaphrathah, and there's another Bethlehem that's going to be somewhere in the Galilee uh, region. Uh, It's not up there on that map, unfortunately. But, you know, again, Micah is specifically pinpointing which Bethlehem uh, the Christ is going to be born from, or born at. And, you know, that's quite amazing. But now... uh, is, is Mary and Joseph from Bethlehem? No, right. Mary and Joseph are from Nazareth, up here in Galilee. So what are they doing down here in Bethlehem during the time that Jesus was born? Well, we can find that out here in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Let's read this section Uh, While we have time remaining, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, again, we got some significant 
things going. First of all, you know, we get really just one verse that's talking about the birth of Jesus. Verse seven there uh, gives us, you know, pretty much all that uh, that is re- revealed to us. But again, you know, again, we ask the question, why is Mary and Joseph down in Bethlehem? Why are they down in the, the southern region of Palestine when they lived all the way up there in Nazareth? Right, there's a census being taken. You know, it just so happens that a census is being taken. And uh, because of that, you had to go and report to uh, the city of your, your relatives. Uh, Mary and Joseph were of the house of David uh, from the, the tribe of Judah. And so that happened to be all the way down in Bethlehem uh, that they have to travel. Why would a census be taken? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, David took a census, but really his was more of a prideful thing. He was wanting to know how many people he had and how big his army was. But, you know, when a census is being taken like this, uh, the Roman government is taking a census. They want to know their tax base. Uh, they they want to know how much money is going to flow in, uh, you know, if, if it was for budgeting purposes or not. But uh, notice he says uh, it was being taken of all the inhabited earth. Okay, so that's the entire uh, empire. I guess we are out of time. So uh, appreciate your attendance and your participation this evening. And we'll pick up, uh, we'll, we'll review this again Sunday morning. Again, uh, if you have the handout, you'll notice that we'll be in uh, Lesson 7. And so that gives the scripture references as to what we'll look at uh, on Sunday morning. Luke chapter 2. Really, uh, verses 8 through 39, and then Matthew chapter 2 as well. And we'll look at just a few of the events that take place you know, directly after uh, the birth of Jesus. So again, thank you uh, for this evening.